listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 219. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the not as caffeinated as usual, John Brownstone. I'm on my third coffee. Yeah, usually by this point we're on like four, Yeah. sometimes five. Slow starter today. Yeah, but you're still caffeinated, that's oh, all that matters. Oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. This week we're talking about managing your expectations in your DS relationship. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday and now Tuesday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FatLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, Loving DS and the number one, Loving DS one, <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube at youtube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. As always, a shout out to our kinky patrons on Patreon. Yay! We love you. Thank you. Whether you've been with us for literal years, yes, there are patrons who've been with mm-hmm. us for literal years, or you've been with us for literal minutes. We love you, we love you, we love you. Uh, if you would like some more of whatever the hell this is, uh, behind the scenes, sneak peeks, extra podcasts, extra live streams, extra stuff, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lords. That's patreon.com slash Lords. You can join for as little as $2 a month. Uh, again, one more time, patreon.com slash Lords, or the link is in the show notes. Okay, so before we get into the episode, as we do, I do have a couple of announcements pretty okay. quick. They are YouTube-centric, but just in case podcast listeners are like, wait, I would do that thing. We could have crossover listeners. We watchers. do have crossover listeners yeah. and watchers. I know we do. Anyway, uh, Friday night is our typical hangout. Yes. Um, so when we started our Friday night YouTube live stream hangouts... We said we were going to keep them to 30 minutes, and they have never once <laughs> done 30 minutes. We're actually going to try and keep Friday nights to 30 minutes. It's at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Link is, um, if you are a podcast listener, I put the link in the uh, show notes, and I put it in the weekly newsletter that goes out on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a YouTube subscriber, hopefully the notification works for you. Uh, we probably will keep it all to closer to 30 minutes this week because Saturday, <laughs> May 30th, we are doing a randomly long live stream. It will start at approximately 8 p.m. Central, not Central, Eastern. Eastern what time zone do I live in? I don't know. <laughs> um, and it will go until we are just done. Yeah. Uh, so it could be several hours. There will be there will be drinking. There will be Q&A. There will be BDSM Q&A. Tipsy Q&A, I guess. Now, I, I want to give a content warning here. <laughs> this needs to be done. Content warning on this, folks. Um, Kayla Lords, when partaking of alcoholic beverages, can and will crush your childhood dreams. With glee. Yes. With total Hap- glee in my happily heart. Happily so. Mm-hmm. So beware of that. She has done it to me. <laughs> I am well aware of the consequences that can come from this. She is aware of the consequences that can come from it. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, if you're a podcast listener and you are interested in that, the link for that will also be in this week's newsletter. Um, and yes, we will take questions. We'll do a Q&A. We'll chat. We'll hang out. We may crush childhood dreams. Let Please let me watch uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from the 60s again. I will make you question everything you thought your childhood was about, is all I'm saying. 
So those are our two announcements for the week. <laughs> With that being said, let us get into the actual topic. So, um, yeah, I wanted to call this um, expectation management. And then I was like, let me check myself. Maybe that's like an official term. And uh-huh. in a couple of articles I read from sources I trust, it is an official term. It has like an official psychological kind of view. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa that is not what I mean. So I flipped that. Flipped. I'm going to talk about managing your expectations in your DS relationship. Um, this comes in part because probably over the past six months to a year, a lot of the messages we've gotten from people are about, you know, I did this thing for my dom or my sub, or I did this thing on their behalf, or I did this thing, and they didn't react the way I thought they would, or it didn't turn out the way I thought it would. And I think that happens to all of us all of the time. I don't think that's all about managing your expectations, but in the conversations we've had a lot lately, it has been about that. So I thought, let's talk about it. The first thing I want to make very, very clear as we go through this, there are certain things you absolutely, I'll learn to speak one day, absolutely should expect and demand, okay? These are not expectations you need to manage so that you're more realistic. These are things that should be, in my mind, non-negotiables. Communication, uh, honesty, integrity. Uh, Once somebody earns your trust and builds trust, they both of you work hard to maintain that. Consent. Mm -hmm open to the best of your ability, communication. Like there are certain things that you, we should not be compromising on these things. We might find different methods and different ways of making them work for the reality of the people that we're dealing with. But those are not the things that you should, you know, be more realistic about. Um, The things we're going to talk about, and I have a list of like expectations that either we've experienced or we've had people ask us about and then we could talk about them. Um, It really is a little bit more about being more realistic about what power exchange is, the person you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. and the role that communication plays in all of it. Uh, I think if I'm looking through the list that I made, and it's a short list, it's not like everything, every single bit of it, it comes down to communication. And or that P word that I hate. Patience. Patience. Uh, We do have an episode on patience in the podcast archive and the YouTube archive. Hate that freaking word. Why is my nose running is what I want to know. Okay. Yours is running. Mine is itching. (laughs) Our nose is the nose nose. I don't know. Okay. So let's start with the first expectation that people can get themselves really messed up about. Okay. That you will always feel your dom or sub self i'm i'm dominant therefore i always feel dominant i'm submissive therefore i always feel submissive let me go laugh in vanilla life uh work mode mom mode like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah yeah (laughs) so did you ever have that belief and did you ever kind of have that moment where you went, oh, wait, what? I don't feel I, this I think very early on, mm-hmm. I, I kind of had that belief. And um, that that was way before I, I truly stepped into the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're a dominant, you, you need to be on 24-7. That's what 24-7 means. Oh, gosh. And that was engaging sarcasm font. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and the same thing, if you have a service sub, yeah, they're supposed to be there at your beck and call on their hands and knees, just waiting for you to utter a command. And yeah, that, it, it yeah, no, no. And, and the problem is, is, so I think most of us, once you've kind of been in a power exchange relationship for more than about five minutes, you go, well, yeah, of, of course not. But I think there's that moment when you have to realize it. If your view of BDSM is you're still new or it's still kind of in the myth territory, fantasy territory. Mm -hmm. It can be a crushing blow to realize that there are days you just don't feel your submissive self. I get messages all the time from kinksters who are mm -hmm. like, I, in the middle of a freaking pandemic, they're like, I'm just not feeling very submissive. Does this mean oh. I'm not submissive? No, baby, it means you're human. Yeah. We can't always be on every moment of the day right. and when you set yourself up with that expectation that you're supposed to you end up thinking you failed that you're not really the kind of kingster that you've labeled yourself that the relationship is broken that you are broken that you're doing something wrong and all of these negative things enter into it and it's not based in the reality of there will be times when you feel your most submissive or dominant self, and there will be times that you won't. And when you don't, instead of beating yourself up about it or thinking you've done something wrong or thinking that you're not really this thing, my opinion is it's best to step back and look at the situation that you're in and get realistic about the situation you're in. Case in point, pandemic. Yeah. If you're not feeling it right now, that's, I mean, that's valid. That's okay. Any high stress environment when every time we've moved, the last thing I feel Ooh. is very submissive. <laughs> <laughs> Too much shit going on. When you're, um, when you have been off, like when you still worked at your old job and it was very high stress there for oh. a while, I had to put myself in a submissive headspace. I had yeah. to consciously make decisions that, okay, I'm doing this and I'm doing this because it has to get done, but I'm doing this because I'm serving. Like I had to place myself there. I had to make conscious decisions that this thing that I was doing was also a submissive thing that I was doing. Mm -hmm. It was to keep the family going while JB dealt with, you know, stress and crisis and crap. But it wasn't that I just naturally fell into that feeling. The, mm -hmm. the stress was too great. Your mood was too off. I mean, yeah. and I think that's, yeah. when we talk about managing expectations, it's really the reality versus the way we imagine things to be. And yeah. sometimes we're very fortunate and the way we imagine things to be, well, the reality will match. But that's just not how life works yeah. most of the time. Well, I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, you talk about expectations. Um, I'm, I'm going to relay a little bit of a conversation I had on Twitter the other night. Oh, God, speaking, that one? That was a speaking, red flag. We were oh, even a big old red flag. Spe speaking of, of expectations. So I had a person who identified themselves as a dominant goddess slide into my Twitter DMs. And they proceed to tell me they are looking for a slave to serve them. Clearly they didn't read your bio first. No, no. Or no, your no. handle. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there are times I'm up for a little fun. By fun, you mean torturing the poor soul who does not realize that they have made a very poor life decision? 
So I engaged. <laughs> you got more patience and tolerance than me. And, and I asked them at one point, what exactly are you looking for? Now, I had also explained at this point to this person that I identify as dominant. I am married to my submissive. And I had also asked them if they, they attended their local community. <laughs> and they kept insisting, you know, I want to get to know you. So I asked, what are you looking for? And they put it out there that they are looking for someone to serve and worship. To serve and worship them. Them. Right, right okay. Right. And whoever that is, they are never allowed to have a bad mood. And their service must be absolutely perfect. <laughs> there must be perfection in every way. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh. So. Poor sweet summer child. Yeah. So then I sent them the link <laughs> to our episode on perfection. And how there's no such thing as. <laughs> <laughs> and they were kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you showed me this DM chat. They were, they yes. had, they just weren't waving a couple of red flags. They were they, painted they, in red. Yeah, they, they were they, a yeah, red they, flag. They, they were the flag. But yeah, that's, and that's part of the fantasy of it. Yeah. Which I think we all go through that. I think that in the beginning, when we're exploring, when we figure out this is what we want or this is who we are and we're ready to explore, of course we're starting from a basis of fantasy because it's yeah. probably all we know. It's when you start actively engaging with another human being mm -hmm. that the longer you cling to fantasy, the worse it's going to be for everybody. So yeah. So you know, the it, it just goes to show you though you know the unrealistic expectations of oh some Lord. and some poor innocent human who does not know yet would would just fall right into that thinking and then would would you know, berate themselves and beat themselves up for not being able to do that because nobody right. can do that. No, no. Not long term, not mm -mm. not when when you're facing the reality of the rest of life. It well, just doesn't work that way. Re regardless, life is going to rear its ugly head. Every time. Just like she said with my, 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 la my job at that time, the stress level there was through the roof. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, you know... What better way to kill a mood than job stress? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, emotions, your your mental, your mental headspace at any given time. Mm -hmm. Okay, physical well-being. Sure. You know, headaches, stomach aches. The health of a your family. Yeah. Raising children, caregiving for adults. Like, there's all kinds of things. All that's going to be factored in. So if you expect to always be in the headspace, to always feel your role, you will be disappointed. Yeah. Because even, even when you want to feel that role, there will be times when there's something about it that you just... You just can't. You just can't even. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be grace for both your partner when they go through it and also yourself. The, the thing that I find fascinating on this specific expectation is the amount of people, usually submissives, but not always, who never expect perfection from their partner and yet expect it from themselves. Um, 
And I know that there's there that could be its own. I mean, we did talk about perfection, mm-hmm. but the expectations we have for ourselves when we're harsher on ourselves than we are on the people around us, that could be its own episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I deal with it myself. Um, but it's it comes down to it's, it's very similar to that whole idea of, you know, if you what kind of advice would you give a best friend? To, what, what kind what would you tell a person that you love? OK, now, why can't you tell yourself that? And that's a thing to work through. That's a thing that's part of, you know, personal growth and self-development. And that's a process. But the same thing applies here. If you forgive your partner for sometimes just not being in that headspace, then forgive yourself for it as well. Expect mm-hmm. it from yourself just as much as you are okay with it from your partner. Okay, so another expectation that we've experienced and we see a lot. Okay. Uh, this one especially, I see this a lot in the messages we get. Uh, the expectation would be that you and a partner are going to adjust and adapt and get into the groove of a new DS relationship at the same pace. And if you're not, then clearly something is wrong. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm, not quite. Not, not quite. Not you quite. know, we we all we're we're not molded from the same cookie cutter. No, thank God. You know, re- re- regardless of of. Your, your style of kink, whether you're kinky or not at all, um, you know, we're, we're, we are not cookie cutter. Everybody learns and absorbs at different speeds. Some people learn different ways. There are different types of learners. Mm-hmm. Some people are visual learners. Some people can, can read and learn. So it, it's never going to be at the same pace. Now, you can work together mm-hmm. to, to learn together, but it, it's it's going to be different. It's it's different experience for each person. Exactly. And you have your own past issues you have to overcome. Right. You have your own bad tapes to deal with. Mm-hmm. You have your own just way of viewing this. And I tend to see this more often, not always, but more often in, with from submissives, especially if the submissive partner is the one who went, look, here's this thing we can do. Let's do this together. And the partner who is going to primarily probably be the dominant partner kind of has to play catch up. And it comes back to patience. It does. Yeah. I hate that fucking word, but it it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit about meeting people where they are. Um, I know that's harder for people who have a lot more experience. Some people just don't want to bring their partner along. They want to they want to be in a relationship with somebody who has nearly as much if not more experience than they do. You know, I think that's valid. I think I do go back to the thing I always say, be careful who who is in your reject pile based on things like that because sometimes you miss out on great people, but mm-hmm. we all all have to have criteria in order to to move through the world and sift through the ridiculous amount of choices we have in this life. Um and so I get that, but let's say you were vanilla and now you're transitioning to kinky and whichever partner is the one that brought it to the relationship first, you might've done months of reading and listening and watching and research and investigation and figuring out yourself that your partner just hasn't done yet. They haven't had the opportunity. You just asked them about this on Tuesday, okay? Mm-hmm. It's Friday, they need some time. Um, I think that's where depending on the state of the relationship before you do make this transition, you fall back on things that already work that maybe you didn't label as kinky. So if you were already having hot kinky sex and you just didn't classify it as power exchange, 
then enjoy that place that you're at where you're a little bit more on a um, same footing. Um, the other thing is to learn together because I promise you, no matter how experienced you are in kink and power exchange, there's always something new to learn and learning with your partner kind of puts you back at that place of, oh wait, I didn't know about this either and we can discover it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to give a partner space to learn on their own, at their own pace, oh, in yeah. a way that's most comfortable to them as well. And then have entire conversations based around this thing that they just learned about. Um, quite frankly, just hearing the, your partner's perspective can open your eyes on a thing you thought you've known about for 20 well, or 30 years. Like one of the things I've learned about you, I can't just walk up to you and say, oh, I've learned about this new, new uh, play technique. I'm going to have questions. <laughs> and and I want to do that tonight. Mm-hmm. That does not work with you. Nope. But if I come to you and I were to say, hmm, I, I heard about something that sounds rather intriguing and it involves such and such. And I, I think it may warrant looking into further down the road in the future. And that gives you time to kind of Mm-hmm. Percolate it. It's like planting a seed. Oh, yeah, you're really good at that. <laughs> you're really good at that. The, the problem when we expect a, people in a DS relationship or any power exchange relationship to get on the same page, stay there, and progress at the same pace is that mm-hmm. when one partner doesn't, we go back to that whole, this is failing, this isn't working. There are many, many ways to determine if something is failing or working, your partner coming at being on the journey at a slower pace than you is not necessarily a sign of failure. If they're still interested, if they're still engaged, if they're still willing to learn, if you if you can sense inch by inch that things are getting better, whether that's your communication or your trust or mm-hmm. the kinky play or whatever it is, just because it's not going at the speed at which you think it should go, or your partner's not keeping up with you, or you're not keeping up with your partner, doesn't mean you failed. It just means that this is where you're at on this path, mm-hmm. and we gotta get more realistic with our expectations, and, 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 I think and is what I'm going with works that. both ways. True. Because there are certain things that you have approached me that you're like, you know, I'd really like to try this, but it was something new to me that I knew existed, but I did not know very much about it underneath the surface. So, yes, I did start looking into it and learning about it, but I also was not going to engage in it mm-hmm. until I felt comfortable to know that I'm not going to hurt her. Right. And it's and there there lies, I think, I don't think I have this one on my list, your excitement over something, it, especially if you're anything like me, can make you like real, make you really impatient for it, make you really yeah. want it. Can also hype up something in your head to where you see sort of the rosy picture of what the best outcome is. And life just very rarely works that way, especially the <laughs> yes. first the first time. <laughs> yeah. 
their skin. Yeah. It's it's right up there with the the people who and I used to be this way. If sex was not this very airbrushed, glossy, seamless experience, then I thought we had somehow done something wrong. It was when I embraced that sex is messy and noisy, and there's going to be leg cramps, and you're going <laughs> to laugh. There was an incident this morning with too much lube, and it was several <laughs> minutes before everything connected yes. properly. Oh gosh. And if I, you know, if I had not reset my expectations of what sex was mm-hmm. supposed to be and what constituted good sex, that would have been labeled a fail. And it wasn't. Ultimately, no. we had good sex. Right. And it, we had was, fun. We laughed and, and we, we had, giggled. Right. And, yeah. So recalibrating your expectations and what success means can make a big difference as well. And if you are stuck in that, I want it to look like how I imagine when I read that sexy erotica thing, you are mm. almost always setting yourself up for a certain amount of failure. We are human beings with all the flaws and faults and foibles of what that means to be human. I mean, I am guilty myself of thinking about something, you know, especially if I'm working in the shop and I'm in my head, you know, I, I can be thinking of something and I can very easily build it up in my head and create these false expectations. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're envisioning what you want, when you're envisioning the the outcome. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's hard to be present and in the moment and just kind of savor this second right here. I mean, there are people who study their whole lives to learn how to do that. I am, Oh, yeah. I am not even gonna tell you that I am great at mindfulness. I'm kind of shitty at it, but I am starting to recognize the importance of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go on to another expectation. This one we most definitely have uh, had conversations with people about very recently. Um, And that's the expectation that your partner's going to understand, and this is how I phrased it, but then let me explain myself. Your unspoken submission or dominance. So what I mean by that is you, had a thought of this thing that you could do for your partner, to your partner, depending on which side of the slash Mm -hmm. you're inhabiting, that role you're inhabiting right at this moment. And you do it because it makes you feel submissive, because it seems like a really submissive thing to do, because it seems like a really in control, take charge thing to do, whatever. You do it and you don't hurt your partner, you don't upset your partner, but they don't give you the reaction you were expecting because they don't Mm. recognize what you're doing necessarily as submission or as dominance. They're kind of wondering why the hell you're doing this thing when we were just doing that thing over there. Um, And I see this most often with submissives where you are in this act maybe of serving, right? And you're, I'm gonna pull a random example out of my ass. You are cleaning something for your partner based on instructions or an agreement or a task, you're doing that. And while you're doing that, you're like, you know what I could do? I could also completely reorganize this thing over here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm, I'm helping, I'm helping. I'm not stopping to ask. I wasn't, my partner didn't say that's what they wanted me to do. So you do the thing. And then they come in and they see what you've done and you are bright and shiny and excited because you served, you were helpful. 
but they don't react the way you expected them to. (laughs) (laughs) And then a whole bunch of emotions can come from that. There can be an argument between you, which we have talked in the past many times that Mm -hmm. arguments definitely happen in in power exchange relationships. You you have not broken your relationship just because you're arguing. (coughs) It happens. Um, Or they're not appreciative at all. Or now you're questioning, do I really know how to serve and submit? Or you're like, wait, they don't appreciate me. And it all stems from it wasn't expected by the other person. They didn't even know you were going to do it because there was no conversation. And then you did something without knowing how they felt about it. And your imagining of what their reaction is going to be is not does not match reality. And to me, that is definitely one that always comes back to communication. Um, yeah. there, we have to be careful with assumptions. Have we done an episode on assumptions? I'm sure we've talked about assumptions before. Yes, I believe so. I have to go back and look at the archive. Um, and that is the danger of making those assumptions. Sometimes you get it right and you know your partner really well and you've, you've paid attention to past conversations. You've listened to things that they've said or watched where they've struggled and you can kind of step in and do a thing on their behalf, do a thing for them. If you're the dominant, maybe you can guide and direct and it works because you picked up on a lot of other cues Mm -hmm. before you got there. You could pick up on all those cues (coughs) and still be wrong because it could be that the person doesn't want you interfering with that unless there's a conversation first. Mm -hmm. Consent is not just a sexy thing, y'all. Consent matters in all facets of life. Um, But I, I mean, we just recently had a conversation with somebody who was, who truly thought their whole relationship was broken because they did a thing that made them feel submissive and their partner didn't react the way they expected. Now, part of that broader conversation was more about this person was not used to being, to receiving that level of submission. And so just hadn't adjusted to it yet. Didn't know how they felt about it. Didn't, you know, had their own baggage and bad tapes of what does this mean? And it wasn't about what the person did. It was about just how they responded to that kind of thing. But when you do something like that, and I've, I've done stuff like that. I have absolutely been tempted to go, Ooh, he never cleans this thing. Let me go do it. And then of course there's the, why the fuck did you touch that thing? I had a plan for that. And oops, but the relationship's not necessarily broken or damaged. You are not bad at submission or dominance. The DS is not failing. It's a moment where you made an assumption, you had an expectation, you forgot that really good, important middle step of communication. Um, we've talked about this very back, back catalog podcast archive about surprises. Yes. And gifts. And as a submissive with a dominant who does not like to be surprised and wants to like control every aspect of everything, even gift giving requires a conversation. (laughs) Or I want to do something to surprise him. I've got to say, I want to surprise you on this broad topic. Like I'm looking at this website for this kind of thing. I might make a purchase, but I want to surprise you. Is that okay? Or... Ooh, I ordered a thing I know that you'll like because you've said you'd like it. Can I surprise you? Is that okay? And it's so that I don't get my (laughs) little feelings hurt. Right. And he maintains the control that he wants. And these are conversations that you don't usually think to even have until you're in the middle of an argument. You don't know how you got into this (laughs) argument. Why are they mad at me? I did a nice thing for them. 
because you toss the middle part out of mm-hmm. let's talk about it first. Right. So, yeah, that's a really common one I I have experienced. And I've had conversations with other people about, and I think it happens more often than we realize. And then feelings are hurt. And then sometimes communication breaks down even more. And then there's resentment and there's self-doubt. And there's all of that when a quick conversation, sometimes you, ideally, if you can have a conversation before you get there, before you're even in the moment, that's great. But that's not realistic either. I have absolutely in the middle of a thing, like uh, getting coffee ready. We talk about our coffee thing all the time. I know what to do. That's a task that's set. But sometimes I want to surprise JB with a different, a different coffee grind, a different brew. I'm not, I'm not messing with this man's coffee. I stopped myself. I would like to, I'd like you to have something special with your coffee. Can I make that decision? Mm-hmm. I don't tell them what it is. I don't take away the no, full you, element of surprise. You, you, will, you will come to me and say, I saw this thing. I do a little different with the coffee. I think you'll like it. I want to try it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I yell your name. Right. And so I've done this extra thing that makes me feel extra submissive. I got consent first. We communicated mm-hmm. first. That way, if he's disappointed by it or upset by yeah. it or doesn't like it, it's not because I sprang something on him. I gave him the choice. Right. And I think that that. I mean, is... nine nine times out of ten, I'll be like, "Yeah, I want to try it." Like, right. You know it. And but you want to talk about getting into a heated discussion? If I just make a change, and I didn't give him heads What's up. What's going on here? Right. So even if it's ultimately good, we have had the conversations because I love to be right. I know you're all shocked by that. Um, where I have done that. I have just made a unilateral decision. Didn't check in. Didn't make sure he was okay with it. He was not happy to see the difference. But then I could, you know, bat the eyelashes, be the baby girl. Mm, be like, but pout. do you like it? And he's like, well, yeah, I like it. Well, then I'm not wrong. Okay, look, that's the playful stuff <laughs> when you're dealing with like the nitty gritty of your relationship. <laughs> a quick conversation, a quick, you know, interject a comment mm-hmm. of, hey, what do you think about this? I'd like to do this for you. Right. Especially from a submissive perspective. Sometimes asking, can I do this for you? Makes me feel just as submissive as just doing something. So if, you know, play with that a little bit, consider those things, especially if you find yourself in a lot of misunderstandings and what you're telling yourself is, well, I was being my submissive self, my dominant (laughs) self. Why don't they appreciate it? Because they probably appreciate a conversation before you went off and did your thing. So that's, that's my, uh, not rant, lecture about that one. Okay. So we've got another one. Mm -hmm. This one, um, I struggled with, and then I didn't struggle with. Mm. Expectation that the thing you want from your power exchange or your kinky experience today is a thing that you will always want. Ah. Right. Now, the reality is, is that we shift and change and morph that, and our tastes change, our desires right. change and where we're at in life changes. But that's, I mean, that's jarring. The first time oh, yeah. you go, wait, I'm not this type of person that I thought I was. I don't well, want that kink. Life, like life, is, a flu- life is a fluid motion. It, it doesn't stay stagnant in one place. It's, it's constantly moving. It's constantly changing. So, you know, what was great two years ago may not be what works anymore. Right. For all kinds of reasons. And not because anything's broken, not because you're doing something wrong, but 
because you've changed, your partner's changed, right. life has changed, you're in different headspace, like everything, every part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is true whether you consider yourself a 24-7 always on kinkster or if it's very situational for you and it's it's based on the person and the moment and the scene or whatever mm -hmm. we part of that is our our own personal growth and you know i like being aware of that personal growth as it's happening i like to kind of see it and feel it and sort Absolutely. of drive it but sometimes you go through a period of i won't even say growth necessarily but change and you weren't paying attention you were trying to get through it and mm -hmm. you get to to some point in in that experience whether that's health or financial or relationships or how old your children are if you're raising children or what your <laughs> caregiving sure. life how is. How well they sleep at night. Well, you know. <laughs> um, and as those things evolve around you, sometimes we're not paying attention to how we're morphing and changing and you get to a certain kind of an end point and you look back and you're like, I don't even recognize that person from a year ago, two years ago. And I personally, where I go through this is that I... I, wor I used to worry that I wasn't missing things that we had done a year or two before that I didn't, like, why Why am I not trying to get back to that? What's wrong with me that that was really great then and I don't care about it now? And I don't have any clear answers for that. Um, I would just say it is part of the journey and it's a, more about what matters to you right now and what's good right now. Some people are really great at going back and doing, you know, revisiting things that they used to do and love and experiences. I'm not one of those people. I, I uh, chalk it up to not being very sentimental in general. Um, I'm kind of always, <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. I'm always <laughs> forward looking. It's very rare for me to kind of look back and pine for something that was. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always like, okay, what are we doing today? What are we doing tomorrow? And if we can make that thing work, sure, uh, fine. But really I'm more interested in, present day not everybody's yeah. wired that way for sure so it's okay it's part of the whole process things will change and quite frankly if they have not changed in 5 10 15 20 years i've got, i'm fascinated and i've got questions because mm -hmm. even people who struggle with change for many different reasons still ha will experience some change it's just inevitable right. nothing stays the same forever so and that, if you can go into that knowing that, then mm -hmm. it is a little bit easier to bear when a change that maybe you're not excited about when it happens, happens. A year of zero privacy and, I mean, everybody being able to hear everybody's every move <laughs> from uh, yeah. from our mutual bedrooms, that was, that was just a year and that was tough. And the way right. we play has changed. As a result, now we will relax, we will maybe get back mm -hmm. into it, but we actually choose quieter play as a default now. Right. You know, we didn't just go wild the moment we got our privacy back. We, I don't know, will we ever be the way we were at a certain point? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. That's okay, because way, as long yeah. as we're enjoying what we have today, it doesn't have to be the way it was. Right. Okay, expectation. No. Oh. The dominant always has all the answers. Hmm. I was waiting for you to cackle, I, like the laugh hysterically. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're supposed to be walking encyclopedias. You're also omniscient. You yeah. know, you're godlike on mm -hmm. some level. Sure, sure. 
<laughs> I would, I mean, I think about the fantasy I had in my mind of what it would mean to be a submissive to a, to a strong, steely, mm-hmm. stoic, dominant. And I kind of had that for about five minutes. We were long distance, so mm. he, he could be that way when we would get on the phone or when we would be together. I cannot imagine that he could have maintained that. He couldn't. We ended up breaking up because life fucking happened. We, tr- You and I tried that, and it just didn't even fit. No. It was like wearing ill-fitting clothes. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that you can say, I don't know. I got to go look that up. Or yeah. you know better than I do. Like, to be able to admit that I, the submissive, the lower one in this relationship, which is some bullshit, that's not how we view it, mm-hmm. will know more. And can, as an act of service, can lead the way on this thing. Like, to me, there's a massive responsibility to being a dominant, especially in a 24-7 relationship. But that massive responsibility also exists when you're just in a one-off scene. Mm-hmm. There, There's a huge weight on the shoulders of a dominant to take care of their submissive or bottom partner. That's right. just the nature of it. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine the amount of pressure that would exist if you legitimately thought you had to walk around just knowing everything, always having an well, answer, always always making the call. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I know what I know, but I also know what I don't know. Yeah, I think there's so, an expression, but I, yeah. yeah. I, you know, there's there's a lot of things I do know, and there's just as much, if not more, I know nothing about. You know, one of the one of the things we did when we moved into the house, we wanted the TV mounted on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right, and this this is a fairly big TV. On what size is it? Fifty-five inches. Yeah, something like a fifty-five inch something. TV. Now, I've mounted small TVs. I think the biggest TV I have ever mounted was 32-inch. Mm. Okay. And this was going up into the brick over the fireplace. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I don't have the proper tools for this. I don't know the specific mount. I believe this I am going to let somebody else do. Right that has the proper tools, knows what to do, mm-hmm. and and let them handle it. I mean, I, I have done many different things over the course of my life. And, and this, I look at it now, this goes to everything, whether it's something you're doing with work, whether it's something you're, you with a relationship. Certain jobs that I do, I have the proper tools to do the jobs, and it makes the job go that much easier. You try to do something without the proper tools, it's going to be the most miserable experience. Mm-hmm. All right? And and it's the same thing. She's right. I have no shame in saying I don't know about something. Mm-hmm. It gives me an opportunity to learn something. It's a growth opportunity for me. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's impossible to know, have all the answers to know everything. Me letting go of the expectation that you will have all the answers, make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. I just have to be a receptacle, a vessel for yeah. your will. Letting go of that allowed me to trust you, 
for us to grow close, mm-hmm. for um, for me to develop my own strengths. Um, I, I don't know if anybody's noticed, I have no problem leading any fucking thing, except the relationship. I don't want to lead the relationship. Thank you very much. Um, but I, when you're expecting somebody to have all the answers, to make all the decisions, to always know, you are putting them up on a pedestal from which there is only one way they can go, okay? They can only come crashing down. <laughs> because the reality is, is that mm-hmm. nobody has all the answers. A person who thinks they have all the answers has an ego and a level of arrogance that I'm not comfortable with. That can be sexy for about five minutes. It's great in some porn or erotica, sure. But to live with that, to interact with that at a time when it is a bigger show strength to go, I don't know. I don't know. Let's Mm -hmm. figure it out together. I don't know. You know better than I do. I will follow your lead on this. I don't know. Let me go find out. Let me ask somebody. Well, I I, I told you early on in our relationship, do not put me on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. I did it anyway. I am flawed. I'm going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And you are going to be so disillusioned. It's not going to be funny. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not perfect. And I... And one, you're right. And two, I did it anyway. And that that pedestal drop was still painful. Okay. But that's for me, that's how I know that you are somebody that I can trust. Now we had to go through all the other things to, for us to mutually earn each other's trust, Mm -hmm. but the willingness to say, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. I'm not the end all be all. That's huge. That's humility. I want humility in a fucking leader. I want a leader to admit they don't know everything because nobody can know everything. Mm -hmm. The places where I see this where it gets dangerous are the new to BDSM kingsters who come across these air quote doms who say things like, I make all the decisions. You don't, you, you do what I tell you to do and that's all you do. Because Mm -hmm. then what happens is over time, especially if that goes on long enough, that person starts to doubt themselves. And then I'm getting the message of, well, they told me that they make all the decisions and that they're the only one who can tell me to do this thing, but I haven't talked to them in five weeks or they're telling me to do things that I'm uncomfortable with. Or is this what dominance really is? And it's like, actually, no, that's a parody. That's, that's the fantasy from porn brought into the real world and somebody's playing an online game with you. Like they, this is, this is not the reality. And what happens from that, where that reality comes crashing in is that kinkster can get hurt. They Mm -hmm. may doubt themselves. They may walk away from kink because it just feels too scary. They're in dangerous situations. Um, we are, and we've said this a million times, we are people first. We're, we're humans. We're we're flawed. We don't right. know everything. And if you expect that from a dominant, or if, if you're a dominant and you expect it from yourself, you are asking for a lot of disappointment and heartache and disillusionment mm-hmm. with your experience because that's just not the reality. The one that follows that, that expectation, is that submissives are supposed to always want to serve all of the time. This kind of goes back to the the top where we're talking about the headspace, but it's also an assumption that all submissives are service submissives, and that's not true either. I'm a service submissive. I'm there. Nothing. Very little makes me happier than taking mm-hmm. care of, of anybody I love, but especially my dominant partner. Like that. 
to, to think of things that make his life easier, that allow me to do things for him. There are moments where that, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm in the zone. I am just, <laughs> oh, just let me put her around the kitchen and do this thing and don't get in my way because now I'm going to be cranky because I'm doing this, not you. This is my thing. And part of that is because it puts me in that space. But I don't walk around like that all the time. I mean, there are times I have other things on my mind. There are times when I'm tired. There are times when I'm sick. I might also, and this is where I think the expectation will fuck with you because it's fucked with me. I sometimes get upset with myself because I recognize the reality of life. I'm tired, I'm sick, I've got a deadline, something's going on with work, like whatever. And I don't want, I don't want to do anything for anybody except this thing in front of me. And I feel bad that I don't want to be my service submissive self. That's a hard thing to wrap mm -hmm. your mind around because you can, I recognize the reality of I can't do that right now. This is what's got to take priority. This is where my focus needs to be. I'm also recognizing that I don't want to serve anybody right now because I'm trying to take care of something in front of me. And now I then feel guilty because I don't want to serve. And that is about the expectation versus the reality. This idea that if you call yourself, in this case, a service submissive, you always want to serve. You always want to please. At my core, yes, yes. If life could go perfectly every moment of every day, yes. <laughs> I want to be in that space where I'm doing my own little thing, but the moment I'm interrupted or the moment you walk into a room, I'm like, what What do you mm. need, daddy? What can I do for you? Yeah. We don't live that life. We don't live in that world. No. It just doesn't work that well, way. What, what I'm about to say kind of feeds into the next Oh, yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Yeah, this is the Okay, one. about submissives always want to serve all the time. I, I have people that have said to me, you are so lucky. Your girl works from home. You're at home. She's at your beck and call the whole time. <laughs> I'm so sorry you don't have that partner. <laughs> that mythical, mythical partner. I'm glad I don't. I'm glad I don't. But you know, it's... She has work that she does. She works. She does stuff. Yeah. When she's working, she is not at my beck and call. She doesn't just drop, oh, I have, I can serve now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Yeah. I've been waiting. This yeah. little money earning thing. Right. It's just a it's just a distraction from my right. real calling. <laughs> it it no. No. When she's working, that is her time. She has her things that she has to get done. I do not step into that. Mm -hmm. Now, what I will do, and I've done this many times, when I've needed more coffee. Especially coffee. It's all Especially about coffee. coffee. All about, yeah, well, life is like coffee. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. I will go to her and say, baby girl, as soon as you can get to a stopping point of what you're doing, I'm ready for a refill on my coffee. Here is, and I appreciate that. Here's what happens when my head isn't quite where I need it to be. <laughs> I will feel guilty or I will rush to get to that stopping point or I will sometimes be annoyed. Not at you. <laughs> I know. But it's because there is that push and pull and that struggle with, 
he asked something of me. I want to be able to give it to him because that's who we are and that's who I am mm-hmm. and that makes me happy. But also I have this competing priority and it's, that's just the nature. Mm-hmm. I think when we, I think we've done an episode on service submission and I think we talked yeah. about that. That's the nature of it. You know, I, I know that if I got to have the fantasy of just being at your beck and call and I didn't have to do anything except be at your beck and call, I'd yeah. be, that would last for about a day or two. Then I'd be bored out of my fucking mind because I know how I'm wired. I know who I am. I think there's not a damn thing wrong with playing with that fantasy, having mm-hmm. a weekend, having a day, having a moment right. where you let yourself be in that space. I just think that if you are a person who has to function within the society that we currently have, <laughs> that's just that's not realistic for the vast majority of us over any amount of time. And it doesn't make you a bad submissive. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, that's where these, when we talk about these expectations, we've got to manage our expectations. It's because we get this idea in our head of what it means to be or what it means for our partner to be within this specific role. And when we don't meet that expectation, that completely unrealistic expectation, the myth, if you will, which we just did a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. then there's disappointment, then there's fear, then there's anger, then there's uncertainty and communication can break down. And, you know, then you're questioning everything you've ever done all because you are not the one human on the planet who can somehow master the fantasy and live the fantasy 24 seven. None of us can. And I think if we come in with that understanding and the understanding that anytime we start to feel that way or we start to think maybe our expectations get a little bit higher than they should be, that's when it's time for a conversation. You know, a lot of very emotional messages we get from kinksters often submissives, but not always. Once they sit down and say all the things they poured their heart out to tell us, once they turn around and say that to their partner, 75% of the time, everything, it's fine. Because they worked it through and they talked it through and now the other partner can see their perspective and hear what they're really thinking and they can explain what they're thinking beyond just a simple sentence or a simple word or whatever. And it brings it out of that fantasy expectation of it's going to be perfect all the time into here's the reality and how do we navigate the reality. And that leads me to this is not the last unrealistic expectation that people have in their DS relationships, not by a long shot, but it's the last one I thought of. And I think it's a good one to end on. It kind of is, it's the most common and I think it's the one that's outside of a specific role. Mm. And it happens all the time in vanilla relationships too. Yeah. Expectation. My partner should just know. Mm. Know. Yeah. They should just know I'm in a bad mood. They should just know that I'm struggling. They should just know that I want to start with them. They should just know. What? What? Who? Where? If you can't read minds, how are they going to read your mind? Right. Is what I want to know. Now, I have been there. I have absolutely been there. Am I? Vanilla relationships. I walked around with that. That view of, well, I'm clearly upset, so they should just know, or mm-hmm. I clean the house, so they should just know that they should help me clean the house. Now, first of all, yes, yes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but sometimes, always, it's about the communication. It's about 
saying something. It's about setting expectations and setting realistic mm -hmm. expectations for ourselves and our yeah. partners. But if it, and I get these messages a lot. Well, should my partner just know that I need this? How? If you've never said it to them, the things we want, the things we need, the things that drive us, the things that fuel us, the things that are important to us, that's not universal from person to person. What you need to feel secure, to feel loved, to feel submissive, to feel dominant is not the same as everybody else. If you don't tell your partner these things and tell them more than once, mm -hmm. they never just know. Now, we, because of our relationship, we've been together and I have learned certain things yes. from you. Mm -hmm. There are certain tells mm -hmm. that I know something is going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And, and I know your tells very well, too. You, you know mine. And I will say to you, baby girl, are you okay? Is there something I can do? Do you need something? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the specific thing is, mm -hmm. but I know there's something mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. And I still, I mean, I spent a tw 12 years of a relationship with that thinking. He should just know. And I still get caught up in it. Every once in a while, I'm like, I'm clearly upset. I'm clearly not smiling and happy. Shouldn't he just know? And thankfully, I've got enough experience now. We've, we are more mindful of these things. Our communication is much better. I can usually snap myself out of it. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's the things, the, the way we view the world, whatever your way is, that's going to be different from my way. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is learned. A lot of that is something that's been ingrained in us over just repetition over time right. we can't we keep doing these things and so they become our defaults and they take a lot of work to unlearn it takes a lot of having arguments where uh, there comes a point we just look at one another and go, why are we arguing about this you know it takes having one blow up and then one of us remembering the next time we can kind of see this happening and coming like a slow mm. moving train yeah. to go, okay, I know how to stop this. Let's mm -hmm. just have the conversation. Right. Um, and none of it's perfect. And even when you know what the reality should be, that doesn't mean you always remember in the, I mean, especially when emotions are high, but if you walk around you, especially in a power exchange, because the reason I, this last one, came up if my partner should just know is it kind of piggybacks on everything else. The dominant's always supposed to have all the answers. The submissive is always mm -hmm. supposed to be submitting. The yeah. DS is never supposed to change. This, all these very unrealistic expectations we set for ourselves, they boil down to my partner should just know. They should just know I don't like that. They should just know that I want it to always be this way. They should just know I'm not into that anymore. They. And that's just not how any of it works no, it ever mm -hmm. in any flavor of relationship. Your partner doesn't know shit you hadn't told them. And to be fair, I said in my former marriage, it's the same thing many, many times and too many times. And there is a point where you're, you should not have to keep saying it. At some point, your partner should figure out a way to, to, remember to retain the information to act on it to understand mm -hmm. its importance of course but it's not even it's not a one and done either no if the things we talked about in let's say march 2013 the first time we laid eyes on to get on each other we were together for the first time if the whatever we talked about then was the last time we ever said it 
we would not be here today. Right. You know, me learning how to tell you that's too much pain, that's not enough pain. Mm -hmm. You learning how to say, you know, I don't know, what do you think, baby girl? Like us practicing these things, us having these conversations about where do we want our life to go? What do we want our life to look like? Right. Those things, those are things that you continue to have conversations about over time. It's never a, I told you on this day at this time, six years later, you should remember and know if it's not something that's part of your everyday life that you're interacting with all the time. These are things that you sometimes have to keep saying. Right. With the caveat that it's not that you should have to keep saying it for 10 years as if it's brand new information. No, no, no. Been no, there, no, done no, that, no. kicked him to the fucking curb. Okay. But <laughs> it it is, the things that are important to you, the things that matter to you as a person to, within your relationship to your power exchange, those tend to be things that you talk about in different ways all the time. Communication is very important to us. So we don't just communicate regularly. We communicate about communicating. Yeah. Now, sometimes that looks like a really in-depth, serious conversation over coffee. And mm -hmm. sometimes one of us gets snarky and the other, and this is <laughs> this is interchangeable. <laughs> this is not just him saying something True. to me. My way of going, and he'll say something and he'll use a tone and his communication is for shit. And I will say, my name is not fill in the blank with his ex-wife's name. Don't treat me like that. And he will say, baby girl, I'm not a mind reader. You need to use your words. Yeah. The we communicate about communicating mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways because yeah. that's a thing that's important to us. So when something is important to you and to the function of your relationship, you will communicate about it a lot. You, the method may vary. Yeah, I, I failed Psychic 101. I could not get the job at the Psychic Hotline. That goes right back up there to the um, <laughs> Adam has all the answers. Yeah. Poor baby, I, kn I know I'm a complicated human being. And sometimes you're like, I wish I knew all the fucking answers. <laughs> what does this woman want? And the sad thing is, if you ask me, I go, I don't know what I want. I just don't want this. <laughs> We've had that conversation I can't a few pull times. can't out anymore. <laughs> so managing your own expectations is some... Is, part myth busting yeah it's part self-forgiveness and not expecting perfection from yourself or your partner True. and it's a whole hell of a lot of communication oh yeah it's just saying the thing instead mm -hmm. of assuming that everybody else knows the thing or that it's um there's an expression that it's um uh common knowledge no 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 <laughs> no there might be things in life that you can kind of call common knowledge. You will always find somebody who's like, I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. So less assumptions, more communication, a little, a, a little less fantasy. I don't want people to get rid of the fantasy in their kinky life. No. Fantasy's hot. The fantasy's I mean, fun. There is nothing wrong but with having... a little bit more realism would probably well, help you out. And, and that, that's what I was going to say. You know, there's nothing wrong with having some expectations that you know, you know the you, ones we started with trust consent yes. communication respect Absolutely. integrity yes you know expect but, the fuck out of that shit yeah you know there, there's nothing wrong with with having expectations but keep it within the realms of reality and when in doubt ask when yeah. in doubt have a conversation right um and i think what tends to happen with these expectations is we don't realize that they maybe are a little unrealistic until we do the thing and it, it 
bombs. It bombs completely. And we're like, we're left with what happened here? Okay, yeah. well, this is now information to retain for later. Next time, instead of that assumption, instead of that unrealistic expectation, have a quick conversation. Talk about it. Ask a question. Let your partner know what you're thinking. And many times those things can be mitigated, especially if you're in a relationship where the other person is trying just as hard as you are. Their effort will look different than yours, you know, because we are all unique. And maybe your thing is, I want to have long, in-depth, meaningful conversations where we can look eye to eye. And the other person's like, I want to go educate myself so I can be better for you. That's that's potentially an, e an equal amount of effort that's just done in different ways. And then, of course, then there's that whole figuring out where to compromise them and how to meet your partner where they're at. So you need the deep, meaningful conversations. Well, hopefully your partner can, in the way that is best for them, because we all have our, we all have our ways of being, they can give you some of that. And you know that what they need to do is go off and learn and learn and learn and, and research and investigate. And you can go, oh, well, what are you, what are you learning about? Ooh, can I read that book? Ooh, can I, maybe I should listen to that podcast. And you meet each other where you're at with the way that you experience these things. And in, in those ways and keeping the lines of communication open, I would honestly say that if I'd ever had to write down what my ideal DS relationship would look like, it would not look like the reality that I have, <laughs> but I would not give up the reality that I have. I would not because we are imperfect and we annoy the fuck out of one another and we don't have mm -hmm. nearly enough sex or kinky fuckery and all of those things are true. And yeah, we're happy. And yet we're happy and it's still, it's, it's, it's good. Exactly. Yeah. So. Was this a, a ranty episode or did I just lecture a lot? I think you lectured more than ranty. I'll let you guys decide because yeah. I don't know what I did. Okay, that I think is it for okay. this. Yes, we will have a bonus section yeah. because of course we will because that's what we do. There's, It's all about the fucking house, but we will have the bonus section. Hmm. Um, anything else that you want to say? I think we said it. Okay. Okay. So... Are we good? As good as we'll ever be. All right. Okay. Right. Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll see you next week. Dottie. Dottie. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets? I don't know. You, you keep creeping up while I'm trying to write my numbers well, before I, I even get my numbers down. I watch for you to start writing the number. That tells me that you got the number and you just have to write it down. And then that's when I like ask. Mm. That's how I do it. That's my method. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to tweak your methods a little bit. That now. is always true. That yeah. is always, always true. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and talk to the crickets. I have nothing to say. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. We're still doing. It's all still house stuff. The office is chaotic. Mm -hmm. The furniture arrives on Monday. Monday, June first. So do the new appliances. We got our full rental deposit back and half yes. a month's worth of rent. So we were like, oh yes, that that's. We need a dishwasher that works. Oh, Thank yeah. you, and a refrigerator that's big enough to actually hold all the stuff we buy. Which I think there's there's a, a conversation that could be had about how much stuff do we need in a refrigerator. <laughs> That's a valid conversation, okay? Yeah. However, 
this thing does not cut it for this family of four and all the fucking coffee that we have. No. <laughs> no. The struggle is real with this fridge. <laughs> it's lower down than we were used to. Like it's just, and it's not. It's, it's I think almost identical to the one we had when we lived in the, in the condo, condo. But we got spoiled for a year. We were yeah. like, yeah. What? It it was weird because when we moved into the rental, it it was a side by side. It was brand new appliances. Brand, brand new like appliances. Really nice appliances. There. And both of us were kind of looking at each other as like. Is this going to work for us? I know we didn't think we'd like it. It's too fancy. No, is this going to work for us? What what's going on here? We never had and, a fancy refrigerator before. And and we just absolutely fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it worked out very well for all our needs. And and now that we're back to a quasi normal refrigerator, yeah, standard. not one of the fancy ones. Freezer on no, top, no, fridge no, no, double no. up, and it's a short one. And, and it's I'm short. Like, it, it's top of it is about as it's high like we are so spoiled but you know what yeah. if we had not gotten our full de- rental deposit back which i was pretty sure we were going to get and we had overpaid rent by half a month because mm-hmm. I, we weren't taking any chances they did not give us our official closing date until two days before closing yeah and we always pay rent slash mortgage like a week or so early so i was like just pay for the whole fucking month he'll owe us whatever we didn't use mm-hmm. it'll be fine mm-hmm. so he sent us that and we were like ooh. That's appliance money. Yes. And then, uh, because it was just Memorial Day weekend here in the States, all the home improvement stores were having appliance sales. Appliance sales, yeah. So it was like, okay. Yeah. We can do this. So Mm -hmm. that's arriving on Monday. Yeah. Um, And then we're donating the old appliances and some old furniture that we just didn't get a chance to donate before we moved. So it's living in the garage right now. We're donating that to Habitat for Humanity has a store Uh, called Rehab. Right. Re- restore? Restore yeah, is restore. the name of the store. Yes. And so they accept donations that they they sell, so the proceeds go to Habitat for Humanity. Right. And as long as it's gently mm-hmm. used. So we're they're doing pickup, like have a big old box truck and then come pick your shit up. And we're like, mm-hmm. that's stuff for you. Yep. So, so, yeah, the, the appliances are decent. The only thing we're keeping of the appliances is the refrigerator. Is, that, is this the little refrigerator? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to go out in the garage, actually. Um, the reason... For that is my finishes mm, that yeah. I use for woodworking. The heat here in Florida is harsh on them. Yeah. And and prior to this, um, when we were in the condo, they lived in the garage and they had once opened, they had an extremely short shelf life. Yeah. When we were in the rental, they had like a little mudroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh- that was air conditioned. Air conditioned, and I kept them in there, and that helped improve. Ideally, having them in a fridge will, right. you know, extend the shelf life. So the the older fridge is going to go in the garage, mm-hmm. and I be will be using it yeah. be repurposed for me to keep all the finishes in, which will give me the full shelf life out of all that stuff when I buy it, mm-hmm. which so, will be a big help for me. Since our fur- our IKEA furniture order arrives on Monday. All it says is sometime between, I think, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. or 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. It's coming on a big truck is all I know. Mm-hmm. So that's Monday. Yes. Our next time live streaming slash recording is Wednesday. Do you anticipate that part of the setup will be ready by then? I, that I, I can't answer. I honestly can't. I, I volunteered to stay up late to put furniture together. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we are at a point we are pretty well unpacked. 
Oh yeah, everything um, that's still in boxes is waiting for the furniture. E everything to is still in boxes. I mean, she asked me about starting to hang um, pictures and things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, let's wait till we get the last of the furniture, mm -hmm. so we really know what we kind of have in our mind. Yeah. Where we want to place things, but will it for really sure. work once it gets here? That's yet to be seen. So once we, I know. you know, finally place things, then we can start. Yeah, we with, already with have had to readjust in the living room. We thought we knew where the new bookcase was going to go. Nope. It's not going to go nope, there. No, not going to work there. So we're going to have to yeah. play with that a little bit. So, you know, certain things like that. But, I mean, it's mostly the books and pictures mm -hmm. at this point. In yeah, the... and I actually need to go through some of those books because some really can be donated. They're not books I want to keep forever. I'm, mm -hmm. I want to hold on to the thing that I kind of started. I started it when uh, before you and I met when... I, after my divorce, I did not keep any, because I knew I was not going to live in that little townhouse while I was single forever. Yeah. So I didn't keep anything that I didn't want to have to move several years from then, which included books. I'm an avid reader. I love to read. I love a physical book. Um, but I just, we would have to, I mean, we could not keep all of the books that I could potentially own. Yeah, so well, same, always, same with me. I've always been kind of a minimalist about that. So I donate a lot of books. I either donate them to the local library or I mm -hmm. donate them to like Goodwill or Habitat, right. the Restore uh, Habitat um, will accept books as well. And so when I keep a book and we have enough books now that we need a bookcase for right. it's because we love that book or it's a resource or it's something we're going to keep using yeah and so there are books that did manage to kind of get moved over that mm -hmm. i need they're not books i want to keep they're not there's not anything i'm going to reread now there are a couple of books that are fiction and normally it's the fiction books i don't i don't keep long term there are a couple of books i'm definitely going to keep the one mm -hmm. you're reading now the book thief oh that's that i want to keep that that's so good you you pass that book on to me and and you because you thought it was something I would enjoy, and I have just absolutely fallen it's into told this book. The most unique narrative voice I've ever. I can't yeah. think of the author right now. It's a book thief. It's set in World War II. It is amazing. Yeah. It's an excellent book, and I want to reread it because now you're reading it and you're talking about parts, and I'm like, it's been almost a year ago since I read it, so I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I don't remember that anymore. So I'll probably reread that book. Mm -hmm. That is a that is a fiction book. That's not a resource book yeah. that I will happily keep. I mean, we we actually have a um, couple sets of bookcases coming. One for the living room, which is just for our the books that the vanilla books book. that can be seen. Yeah. And and then we have the bookcase coming the for the bookcase office. Coming for the office, which are a lot of the resource books that we have. Right, which are about <laughs> relationships and sex and kink and also personal growth and communication. Right. And I think uh, uh, anybody uh, not connected to what we do who gets a tour of our office once it's fully set up is going to learn things about us that they didn't know. <laughs> Or I'm already envisioning mm -hmm. when the day comes that my mom can come visit again. Yes. And be like, I know you know what I do, Mom, but but here, look at the books that I read. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so um, yeah, and um, I am looking forward to growing our book collection. So because but my minimalism on books came from not having a lot of space. When we lived in the condo, that was 900 and some odd square yeah. feet. There was no space for books you did not love. And now what I'd rather do is we get a lot of our books from the library. 
Right. And that way then I, there's no extra charge for them to begin with. But I want to buy books and keep books that I love. And there are tons mm -hmm. of books out there like that. There's a couple of collections that years ago I ended I had and then I ended up donating because needed to move and didn't have space, whatever, that I will rebuy because I loved those books mm -hmm. then. I will, I want them in my collection. Um, and I, one of my dearest friends, she, uh, she died a few years ago and I remember I'd go over to her apartment and she was wall to wall books. She had books and boxes. She had, she would go th thrift store shopping and she'd buy, um, bookcases that would go, she would either make them go floor to ceiling or they were sort of built that size and they would be filled and they'd be like three rows deep. She had every Star Trek book. She had every, mm. there was some, there was a Western series or author that she loved. She had every one of those. She had, there were certain authors that once she loved them, she collected all their books and she just, and kept them and kept them. And I was always like, wow. And then that part of me that doesn't do well with clutter went, I can't, I can't yeah. do it. I mean, I've, I've often, joked half joked with her about when boys start moving out and they turn one of the spare rooms into a library room if i get an unlimited book budget okay yeah i i would happily mm -hmm. have a library i you know they're they're just yeah there are lots of books i want there are a few oh, books yeah. i was like i need to go on, on online and shop for these mm -hmm. books i need these i think they were office related they were business related books so I was like I really need to own these books yeah. and that is the difference having a little bit of space now I'm like I could own that book right. it doesn't have to just mm -hmm. be an ebook I, I could like own that yeah. physical book I mean I I read physical books I read digital books mm -hmm. there there are some books that yeah I just I I, I love having that physical copy I do. of it I do it's um, very comforting to me you know having having the digital copy I I love having that because um, you're a digital hoarder I, I'm a digital hoarder and and I love having that digital library at my fingertips yeah I know you do I know you do <laughs> So yeah, so we're we're book people. If you didn't know, um, we're not yeah. book collector people, but not yet. Just give us time. We've only been here for five minutes practically. Yeah. We, we're just now getting we're getting used to just having space. I know, like that's the weirdest thing to me. Yes. I'm like, there's there's room yep. to move in here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just house stuff right now. Um, anything else? Can't think of anything else. I am I am excited for Saturday's random live stream um makes me think we need to set another arbitrary goal and i don't know what we'll do that we'll probably just do another one of those but yeah we're gonna do our family movie night on saturday because mm -hmm. that's the thing we do with the kids we watch a movie together we'll do that we'll get them back onto their whatever and then we'll come and we'll just yeah hang out and, and, chat and, and jennifer i i kind of understand your feeling about that with with having books that you'll never read but they were gifted to you and have meaning yeah that's um, yeah that's i i have a set of the book of knowledge i cannot remember the year that these books were released mm. but i have them because my great grandmother used to read to me mm. from those books. When she came to the U.S. from Italy, when she immigrated, it was through reading those books that she learned English. Yeah, you've told me that before. That's amazing. And, and then later on, when I was born, she would, she would read to me 
from those books. And, and that was what helped instill a love of reading in me. So those those books, even though I'm never going to sit down, I mean they're so outdated. Oh God, yeah. you know they're 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 so outdated. It's basically an encyclopedia of the time, but you know there's there's so much sentimental. Oh sure. Value to me in those. Oh sure, and I, I mean one as much as I tease you for all the things you keep for fucking ever, I would ne- I would never suggest that you get rid of something like yeah. that. Um, and I think that there's. Things can have meaning and value to us mm-hmm. that aren't part of their practical use. And that they, as long as, you know, they have some meaning or value to us, then as, if we can keep them, then we should. Yeah. I am the person who's one of the most unsentimental people ever. And <laughs> it's rare that something touches me like that. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of things. Well, and I do. I have, <laughs> I have literal boxes of my dad, my dad was an amateur artist. He learned yeah. how to paint by watching Bob Ross, legit. Would have his easel up and his acrylic paints or his oil paints and his canvas and he would turn on PBS and there'd be Bob Ross and they'd be making happy little trees together, okay? I will never hang these pictures. They are not my aesthetic at all. I, I can't, I, there's, I'm the only remaining family member that my dad was one on good terms with and two is left. There's nobody to give them to who would display them. Mm-hmm. I can't get rid of them. Like I can't, like they, we just, every place time we move, we just more box, we have them and they just move with us because it's, it is one of the last things I have from my dad. And it was a thing that, gave him a lot of joy and peace in the last few years of his life. Um, Also, it gives me a a weird connection to Bob Ross. Um, (laughs) And I'll never use them. Like I said, I'll never hang them. But I'll I'll probably never, I'll I'll be 90 and I'll still be hollowing these damn boxes around. Kids will be like, what the fuck is this? We'll be like, "Uh." Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do in my own way get it. I I, I do. I joke about not being sentimental, but... You, you understand it. I have know. my moments, yeah. You yeah. do. You do. So. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got something something different to try this week. Um, I ordered some candle pictures. You did. You did. Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. They're pretty color candles, too. They are. Purple and teal. Purple and teal. Beautiful. And um, I'm hoping for because, wax play. Yeah, for wax play. And I'm hoping that because they, the the type of wax, they're a very low temperature mm-hmm. wax. Yeah. That you might find that a little more enjoyable than the ones we've tried. Yeah, past. we learned some we from reading and and talking to other people who've done wax play. Mm-hmm. We learned some things like old candles will sometimes not feel very good. Right. We right. already knew that certain materials run hotter than others yes. and don't feel very good. But uh-huh. I had not heard about really old, cheaply and cheaply made candles. And cheaply made. I, I know yeah. the first, the very first ones we tried, those were very cheaply made. And yes. So, and I think the others we were like digging out of a box. Yeah. Yeah. We died for a while. So yeah, these are, these are relatively Yes, new. Jennifer, soy. Yes. Candles. Soy, soy candles. candles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So. So, yeah. I think that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like I said a couple weeks ago, we are going to continue to be boring because the house is consuming mm-hmm. I mean, I, everything. I, I've got my, my shop pretty well set up you do you've been um, out there turning I, I've stuff. i've been out there turning stuff. stuff the other day mm-hmm. i um 
uh, one of the first things I did because I have so many logs, I, I started cutting up the logs to um, get the wood ready for turning. And uh, I was telling her in the past, I usually have a coffee cup on the desk that I throw pencils and pens and different things in. And, um, you know, I, I didn't want to do that because I kind of wanted to reclaim that coffee cup. And uh, so I ended up the other day making myself something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you did. And yeah. Well, probably should take a picture and pop it on Instagram yeah. for podcast listeners. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'll take a picture of it. That's what I, it's uh, Norfolk Island Pine is what I made that out of. Yep, it's a oversized yep. pencil holder. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me see if I can find it now. The side, someone came, someone uh, commented on one of the pictures I took of it. Looks like Groot. It does look like Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. So... Yeah, it was it was kind of nice to uh, to get out there and, and mm-hmm. turn a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're slowly easing into things. Yeah, yeah, and then mm-hmm. we'll just be back to our boring selves, and we won't have we'll have anything exciting to talk about. I don't know yeah. that we have anything exciting to talk about now, but right. if y'all could see the li- podcast listeners, if y'all could see the live stream chat, all we said was books, and they don't need us anymore. They're good. Everybody in that live stream chat talking about books. It is really cool to watch. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, oh okay. So maybe we could talk about books, which, speaking of which, I, I am thinking about resurrecting the Kinky Book Club for 2021, and I think ah. I have an idea. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So, um, video-based, because I am really enjoying YouTube. As stressful mm-hmm. as YouTube is to me, because it's like, oh my God, I can see myself on camera, and oh my God, not only can I sound like, you know, somebody doesn't know what the hell she's talking about, I can look like it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really enjoy it, just like I enjoy the podcast. I... I I am a writer at my core. I know that, but I really love recording audio and recording video. As bad as I am at the editing mm-hmm. and the recording of video, I really enjoy it. So, yeah, I think um, I think if we resurrect Kinky Book Club, it will be video based. But yeah, we shall see. And you know, so. once once we get everything set up, um, You know, it'll be easier because then you can just... I'll just, just sit, sit down, down at our and... little production. Oh, I can't wait to do the office tour thing know, and everything. Right? Like, we've got so much stuff. We've yep. got so much stuff. But, um, with that being said, at some point we do have to stop talking here. <laughs> we do. Eventually we have to stop talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm running, slowly running out of coffee. So, same, you know, uh, yeah. same. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess we should go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Hmm. So thank y'all for listening Thanks, slash yeah. watching. Um, Glad you could join us. We are not doing an emoji of the week because my mind blanked at this point. So I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I'm really hoping is that when we are, do have like a regular setup, I can like leave myself little sticky notes. Like, don't forget the emoji of the week. There's no emoji right. of the week. The emoji of the week is pick your fucking emoji. Just send me something. <laughs> pick your favorite emoji. There. Done. Done. It's fine. I'm not consistent on this yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's us, and we'll be back next week. But yeah. we're live streaming Friday night for closer, I think, to 30 minutes. And then Saturday night will be as long as we go. We don't know. It could be literal hours. There will be Q&A. Time for Q&A. There will be Caleb destroys your childhood memories. 
I tend to be a quiet drunk. I may just fall asleep. You probably will. They'll be snoring yeah. from JB. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we'll just chat and hang out and whatever. So that's what that will be on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. So we'll mm -hmm. see you next week. Bye. Bye.